Good morning, and welcome to Monday Mornings. With Maddie and Morgan. I'm Maddie. And I'm Morgan. Ooh. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited about this week's episode. And I do have to, like, put out a disclaimer because I was really tired when I started my notes last night. (laughs) And I, like, looked everything over and it looked surprisingly good. But if I wrote something weird in there, I apologize ahead of time. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is going to suck. And then I went back and read it. I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. (laughs) Oh, I love when that works out that way. (laughs) I know. My subconscious is better than my conscious. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so as you all know, at this point, I'm living in the woods, hiking the long trail, so we're recording this early. Yeah. And yeah. Do you know what we're talking about today, Maddie? Bog bodies. Bog bodies. Bog bodies. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this is kind of a weird one. It falls at the complicated intersection of, like, science, nature, history, and creepy stuff. Oh, yeah. So, like we said today, I'm introducing us to the phenomenon of bog bodies or bog mummies. Have you heard of them before? Yes, I have, and I think it's the coolest thing ever. Yes, it's wild. So, before we talk about the bodies part, we have to talk about the bog. Yes. (laughs) Logs are a super unique environment. They can be defined as, like, in the geography sense, as wet, spongy ground. Specifically, a poorly drained, usually acid-rich area that accumulates plant material. Mm-hmm. And it's frequently surrounding a body of open water and has pretty characteristic flora such as sedges, heath, and sphagnum, and that's pretty dependent on where you're located in the world. Hmm. Yeah, and that was from our friends Merriam and Webster, her usual. (laughs) Oh, and it's also British slang for bathroom, but that's not relevant. I just thought it was funny last night, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) So, bogs can be divided into three types. We have... Number one, which is typical bogs of cool regions that are dominated by the growth of bog mosses. So sphagnum moss, which is like kind of your typical moss that you see most often just in general. Here in the northeast anyway. Mm -hmm. Like if you saw it, you would recognize it. Right. Number two, our second type of bog is called a fen. And it's dominated by grassland plants, grasses, sedges, and reeds. So think almost marshy instead of kind of mossy. If that makes sense. Would that be more like a cranberry bog? Yeah, similar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a lot of cranberry bar- bogs are man-made, though. Yeah, I know that a lot of them are man-made and drained, but... <laughs> but they're still cool. I should have yeah. talked more about that, but... Maybe we'll do a cranberry episode one time. Well, considering we both spent a good amount of time in Massachusetts, it's only yeah. fitting. <laughs> True. And they're super fascinating, just the whole process. Oh, and like, yeah. who doesn't love those ocean spray commercials with the old guys in the, in the cranberry bog with like waiters? Oh on? yeah, we had a whole cranberry day in first grade. So oh, adorable. Yeah, <laughs> I want to go to cranberry day. 
<laughs> it was fun. <laughs> All right. And our third type of bog is the tropical tree bog, which obviously we don't have here. Yeah. But in those, the peat is formed almost entirely from tree remains. Ooh. Bog classification can obviously get even more specific, but that's for the wetland scientists to deal with and not us podcast people. Yeah. I don't want to bore you with like, the chemistry <laughs> of different kinds of bogs. <laughs> for our purposes, we're going to be focusing specifically on the bogs of cool regions. Bogs develop where groundwater is highly acidic. And in those environments, the ground is often waterlogged and oxygen poor. So, in turn, these conditions actually preserve dead plant matter. Hmm. And the buildup of dead plant matter, largely sphagnum moss like we talked about, forms a carbon-rich spongy material called peat. Peta. Peta? (laughs) (laughs) So what I didn't mention that I should have mentioned is because... These environments are oxygen poor. Your aerobic bacteria can't form, so there's no decomposition that happens. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That was an important thing that I left out. (laughs) Now you know. (laughs) So, peat bogs are actually super cool for a lot of reasons. All over the globe, the peatland ecosystem covers about 1.4 million square miles, which I did not know. I thought that was like a very... I thought it was like a specific thing to regions of the world, but clearly it's not. There's a That's lot of it. Huge, yeah. Ah. And it is also the largest carbon sink on the planet. Yes. So if you don't know, a carbon sink is a reservoir that accumulates and stores some carbon-containing chemical compounds for an indefinite period and thereby lowers the concentration of CO2 in the atmosphere. Which we love. We always want to do that, right? This is a good thing. (laughs) Very good. Good for the environment. (laughs) Peatland plants capture carbon dioxide that's naturally released from the peat, maintaining an equilibrium. So just like everything, it's a balance. Mm -hmm. And in natural peatlands, the annual rate of biomass production is greater than the rate of decomposition. Which makes sense, like we were saying before, because it's an oxygen poor environment the aerobic bacteria so your bacteria that uses oxygen can't form gotcha so peat itself is actually even more cool than that it's actually surprisingly used for a lot of things around the world Hmm. across the world peat covers just three percent of land surface so (laughs) which makes me laugh because i was like 1.4 million square miles is so many miles but now it's like Oh, it's just 3% of the land surface. Now it's like, there's too many million miles for me to fathom in the world. (laughs) My brain can't handle it. (laughs) (laughs) So like we said, across the world, peat covers just 3% of the land surface, but stores one-third of the Earth's soil carbon, which we just kind of covered. Mm -hmm. And peat can be cut out and dried to be used as fuel alternative to firewood. Interesting. Which is used less now, but it was, like, a huge thing historically, especially especially in Northwestern Europe. That was, like, one of their main sources of fuel. Yeah. 
And peat is also used as a garden fertilizer. And you can find it at, like, the garden supply store. In bags like you would buy potting soil in. So now we get to the fun part. Woo! The bog bodies. (laughs) (laughs) A, quote, bog body, bog person, or bog mummy (laughs) is a human cadaver that has been naturally mummified in a peat bog. Something that I found super interesting about this is that the bog bodies phenomenon is not really geographically or chronologically specific. Yeah. They've found all over they've been found all over the world and cadavers have been dated from about 8000 BCE all the way up until World War II. Which is a lot of years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, too many for me to deal yeah. with. <laughs> Like, even though I said they're not really geographically or chronologically specific, there is a certain area of the world that the majority of them are found in, and the majority of them are found in Northwest Europe, particularly in Denmark, Germany, the Netherlands, the UK, Sweden, Poland, and Ireland. That being said, there is one state in the U.S. where bog bodies have been found. Do you want to guess what it is? Oh... There's only one official swamp of America. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Florida. fucking Florida. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Oh, yeah. A number of skeletons found in Florida have also been called bog people. <laughs> and these skeletons are the remains of people that were buried in peat between 5,000 and 8,000 years ago during the early and middle archaic period in the Americas. Whoa. Yeah. The peat at the Florida site, it, Florida sites are loosely consolidated and much wetter than in European bogs. So in European bogs, it's almost like a, it's like a spongy mat. You can usually walk across a bog. I wouldn't recommend it because you could fall through. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's more solid than it would be in the Florida sites. The Florida sites look more like your traditional swamp that you expect. Yeah. As a result, the skeletons are well-preserved, but their skin and most internal organs have not been preserved. But an exception to that is the preserved brains have been found in nearly 100 skulls at Wendover Archaeological Site in Florida. And in a couple other burial sites around the state. So that's wild. Yeah. And also, a 7,000-year-old presumed peat pond burial site has been found under 21 feet of water near sarasota oh my god so that's crazy yeah (laughs) so in general the level of preservation varies in bog mummies from person to person but the typical characteristics include retaining retaining their skin and their internal organs which is so crazy to me. I did not know that their internal organs were also preserved. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, like they do like a cat skin. They can see their little shrunken brains in their skulls. Oh. I know. And they can like figure out what the last meal they ate was. Oh, wow. I know. My mind was boggled. Some of these people have been perfectly preserved while some haven't. Typically, the bones are not preserved, which is the opposite of the ones that are in Florida. Mm -hmm. But 
because the highly acidic bog tends to dissolve the calcium phosphate that bones are made out of. Hmm. Yeah, with <laughs> with the exception of a few like the Florida ones that have been found as just skeletons. Yeah. The skin is typically preserved. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the highly Hold on. What? So are we talking a body without a skeleton, but there's still skin? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that gross? <laughs> That's just a liquid sack. One of the articles I read described it as like a deflated rubber ball or something like a weird like that. I was thinking of like one of the gross. Like the giant deflated um like Christmas guys. Oh my god. Yeah. Like the blow up things. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just like all over the lawn. Oh my god. Uh, oh god because the water is highly acidic and like we said it's an oxygen poor environment and typically in a low temperature area the skin is also tanned oh god yep so it becomes like rubbery (laughs) yep (laughs) materials that contain keratin such as skin nails hair wool and leather are often also preserved, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But, like, their other clothes just disintegrate. Yeah, understandable. It's like they're skeletons. <laughs> Though it's not the case with all of these bodies, it does appear that some of these people experienced a rather sinister death, whether it be human sacrifice, execution, or whatever. I do have to say, though, the documentaries that I watched really took this concept, got super dramatic, and ran with it. <laughs> like, I'm talking, like, suspenseful background music, the whole nine yards. <laughs> oh, my God. It was absurd. There was one that I couldn't <laughs> watch anymore. I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> I probably should have mentioned this before, but animal carcasses and other objects can be preserved, which makes sense because it's all the same environment. Hmm. For example, a man in Ireland found a 22-pound chunk of butter that was preserved in a bog. (laughs) (laughs) Researchers at the Caven Museum that analyzed the butter chunk estimate that it could be about 2,000 years old. What? (laughs) But wait. There's more. This is not the first time and definitely not the last time that this will happen. Oh, of course. <laughs> a 3,000-year-old, three-foot-wide barrel stuffed with 77 pounds of bog butter was found in 2009. <laughs> yep. Even more shocking, turf cutters found a 5,000-year-old wooden keg containing 100 pounds of butter in 2013. What's with all this butter going missing in peat bogs? I'm going to tell you in a second. Oh, okay. <laughs> Some think that the butter was placed in the bog as an offering to the gods. Because oh. who doesn't like butter, I guess? But True. Others say that it was simply a, mes- a method of preservation before re- refrigeration was even remotely on the horizon. Also makes sense, yep. I just thought that was funny. 
According to the Washington Post, quote, given that level of preservation, most of the butter is edible. Irish celebrity chef Kevin Thornton, who owns Michelin-starred Thornton's Restaurant in Dublin, claimed to have tasted a 4,000-year-old sample of bog butter, end quote. But I absolutely would not recommend doing that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Considering most food safety things and um, pasteurization, you would be very sick if you tried that. This was also before they used salt, just in general, in their butter. So it's just like, he described it as having the texture and taste of cheese. I'm like, I love cheese, but uh, maybe don't do that. But, (laughs) yeah, just thought I'd toss that in there. On various occasions throughout history, peat diggers have come across bog bodies. So like we said before, peat was commonly used as a fuel alternative to firewood historically. And it still is used some places, but it's used a lot less than it was then. So basically what they do is kind of how you would picture, like, you know, historically when they used to have ice boxes, they would cut those big chunks of ice to fit. Um, in the ice boxes, or if you've seen Frozen, that's what they do in the beginning of Frozen. I was gonna say, yeah, Frozen. <laughs> but that's essentially what they do with peat, and then they let it dry, so then it becomes extremely flammable, as expected. But records of peat diggers finding bog bodies go back as far as the 17th century, and in 1640, a bog body was discovered at Schockholz in Holstein, Germany. Hmm. This was possibly the first ever discovery recorded. Wow. But it wasn't the oldest bog body that's been found. Oh. The oldest bog body that has been found is known as the Kohlberg Man, formerly known as the Kohlberg Woman. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) He was found in Denmark and is thought to be from 8000 BCE during the Mesolith. Mesolithic period. Okay, damn. Yeah, like way the way, way back machine. <laughs> <laughs> the vast majority of bog mummies that have been found are dated back to the Iron Age, which was pre-Roman and during the Roman Empire. Yeah. Partly because at this time peat bogs covered a very large area in northern Europe, like much larger than they do now. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why that's the case. I didn't look very far into it, but... <laughs> Probably just, like, global warming, honestly. <laughs> Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. The most famous and well-studied bog body is called the Tolland Man, and he's thought to be the most well-preserved body. In hmm. fact, when he was found by peat cutters in 1950, the people that found him thought that they had encountered a crime scene and they called the police. Yeah, I've heard of this one. It's my yeah. favorite. It's, like, the most famous one by far. Yeah. There's all sorts of speculation about whether the Tolland man was a criminal or a human sacrifice or whatever, but he was found with a braided leather noose around his neck, indicating that he was most likely hanged. He was so well-preserved that his hair was intact, and you could even see the little stubble on his chin. Damn. I know. (laughs) Crazy. 
they did all sorts of archaeological tests on the Talon Man, but obviously in the early 1950s, we didn't have the technology that we do now that could have helped with the investigation. Yeah. The body is currently displayed at the Silkeborg Museum in Denmark, although only the head is original. Okay, so we have to add that to our um, list of places oh, to go. for sure. <laughs> because conservation techniques for organic material were insufficiently advanced in the early 1950s for the entire body to pre- be preserved, the forensic examiners suggested that they just cut off the head and the rest of the body remain unpreserved. <laughs> so, so subsequently, the body was dissected and the tissue mysteriously disappeared Ugh, of course typical <laughs> always in 1987 the silkborg museum reconstructed the body using the skeletal remains as a base that's cool there wasn't much as far as skeletal remains like we said before because most of it just dissolved yeah but as displayed today the original head is attached to a replica of the body Modern forensic archaeology techniques think radiocarbon dating, which we haven't covered on the podcast, but it's used to date a lot of historical and very ancient things. Yeah. Have really expanded the to the extent have really expanded the extent to which these mummies could have been studied. And the amount of information that we can learn from analyzing these bodies and even in some cases make 3D replications of them. Like what these people could have actually looked like. Whoa. Has like, it's exploded. It's a hot topic. (laughs) (laughs) Another fun fact is that they were even able to get a fingerprint off of one of them. What? Isn't that crazy? That's wacky. Yeah. So, and like we said, we don't really know how many of these bodies have been found. They're still being found. Yeah, that's how I originally heard of it. I don't know if there was a more recent case, but I heard of one being found and people being like, oh my god, we found a dead body, and like thinking it was recent and then it being dated like a few thousand years old. And not all of them are like the tall and manual. Most of them aren't. They're just mostly like pieces. Yeah. But still really cool. Oh, yeah. So, that's pretty much all I have about bog bodies. Um, do you have any questions? Uh, no, but it's made me think that we need to cover the tar pits at some time. Yes, the La Brea tar pits. Yes. We should also go there, because I really want to go there. That's what I was going to say next, because I remember <laughs> learning about them, and then being like, I need to go there. It was yeah. like the same thing with the petrified woods, which exactly. I ended up going to, and I still such a great time. <laughs> It's so cool. You know, stay tuned next Monday and every Monday for new episodes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and literally wherever else you can listen. Probably while you're where you're listening right now, you could listen on that platform. (laughs) (laughs) We're on Instagram at Monday Mornings Pod, on Twitter at Monday Mornings P, and we have a Facebook page. 
If you have questions or topics that you'd like to have covered in a future episode, you can always DM us, even though it will be me answering right now, which is <laughs> not super great for anybody involved. I trust you. <laughs> <laughs> but you can also email us at mondaymorningspod at gmail.com. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. <laughs> it helps people find us. Please. But as always, start your Monday mornings the right way with Maddie and Morgan. Bye. Goodbye.